Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I was all ready for an obituary pod. I dropped the S word on the last podcast. And it turns out I've been humiliated and incorrect because the Wizards won game four against the 76ers. 122 to 114. Huge game from Rui Hachimura. Quite honestly, might have played the best stretch of basketball that he's ever played in his in his pro career during the third quarter. I don't know. I'll talk it out during the podcast and see if that's true. A classic, was he good or was he not good? Russell Westbrook line, 19, 21, and 14, but he also shot three of 19 from the field. Bradley Beal really struggled in the fourth quarter, and the Wizards let go of a 14-point lead, but they ended up pulling it out. Beal had 27, uh, seven turnovers. I think four of those were, were in the fourth and some more sloppy plays that could have turned into turnovers. And here to talk out whether it was Rui Hachimura's best game whether Russell Westbrook had a great game or bad game or anywhere in between to talk about the Joel Embiid injury, which is obviously going to affect the 76ers, whether they close this out in five or whether they uh, you know, go deeper into the series, is uh, my, my buddy. And uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, can, I can only say uncommitted, consistent guest of the podcast since he missed the last one, Ben Standig. You know, I'm so bad at following directions. You said, "Are you going to be ready to talk about Philly on Sunday?" And I said, "And I said yes," but I thought you meant I had to watch the entire season of uh, Mayor of Easttown in uh, 24 hours, which I did. So I've heard that show is good. I literally started watching it uh, yesterday, Sunday, and finished it today. And that's why you couldn't podcast after Game Four or Game Three. That game four, game three, g- game, game three. three. Yes, that is exactly that is exactly why. No, um, that's all right. Reasonable. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't think there's any real reason to think that the Wizards were going to come out of this game with a win in the sense that, like, we give them credit for being scrappy and trying and all that. But the Sixers were just overmatching them throughout, and it was happening a little bit, you know, early in the game today. But they did get a bit of a rally. Um, from some unlikely sources before Embiid went out. And then once he went out, they really were able to, hey, we do have the two best players in the series now. And, you know, Beal and Westbrook played that, uh, played more or less that way to a degree. But then the other guys came along with him for the ride. You mentioned Hachimura, Gafford. Um, and, you know, that's how they uh, that's how they got this done. And uh, game five, we'll see what happens. Yeah, this game was one by the guys who Shaq would call the others. I don't call them the others ever. I think the others is, I don't think it's demeaning coming from Shaq because he's Shaq, so he's allowed to say that. And everyone who even averages a a mere mortal 21 points per game is still an other when Shaq is comparing them to himself because he's Shaq. Uh, I am not allowed to call NBA players others, uh, but I will say by the guys who aren't named Westbrook or Beal, that was who won the game. I mean, Bertans was, and, and and he ended up straining his right calf. I don't think that bodes well for him. 
you know, uh, Scott Brooks said after the game he doesn't have an update, but he hopes for the best, which is not the most encouraging terminology. Uh, but he he obviously had his best performance of the playoffs in the first half. He had 15 points in the first half and was hot when nobody else was. Robin Lopez came off the bench and, and Lopez played. You know, Lopez is a guy who does not play a ton of consecutive minutes. That's part of the reason that they play three centers because Gafford, they don't like to run for more than six or seven minutes straight. Same thing with Lopez. Um, They like to give those guys breathers. Lopez played for 13 consecutive minutes from the seven-minute marker of the first quarter into halfway through the second quarter when Gafford had 2,000 about four minutes played and Len had 2,000 about two minutes played. And, I mean, he saved them. That stretch from seven in the first to halfway through the second, I think he had 14 points in those 13 minutes. I want to say it was on like seven of eight shooting. Uh, he he was just classic hook shot Robin Lopez. He was great. I thought Neto played really well and was good around the rim and had a big performance for them. Uh, you know, Gafford was had a stretch where he was just blocking absolutely everything, and, and he did a pretty good job. Uh, Ish Smith, not a gaudy line at all, but, man, it, Ish Smith on some switches where he had to guard bigs. Like, I thought his defense was was quite good tonight. And was a big reason for that run they went on in the third quarter. Uh, I thought he he made some really big plays for them and 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 played quite well and and played quite feisty. Basically, all the role players did something. You know, Rui was was great, and I think we should talk about him first. But I mean, Beal and Westbrook were part of why it was close down the stretch. They were just going one on one on everybody late in the game, and Beal was turning it over and. Westbrook wasn't converting, and there was just so much one-on-one play. They were draining the shot clock as as if they were up twenty with four minutes when they were up two with six minutes to go. You know, um, I didn't think the offensive approach was was good, but um, there's a lot to get into here. Uh, I want to start with Rui because I think that's the most significant thing. It's what I'm going to write on for the morning. I haven't written it yet, uh, but he's what I'm going to write on for the morning. Uh, he just played with a aggressiveness and ferocity tonight that you see sometimes from him, but not always. I thought he was really good, and he, if I had to pick, if you, if you said to me, like, what's the one reason the Wizards won this game, and I had to pick just one, he'd be the guy. Rui's performance would be my answer. What say you? Um, well, I mean, you know, if you picked that, I'll go with Embiid getting hurt. But if you're just talking strictly from the Wizards perspective. Yeah, I'm talking Wizards perspective. Obviously, yeah. Embiid getting hurt. Is, uh, is I, it. I mean, this has been sort of the, you know, we've talked about this even before the playoffs started. This idea of, you know, that with Beal and Westbrook, the Wizards arguably have two of the three best in the series. But don't don't ask about four through ten. Right. And that's where the issue is. Like, how close can you have? How close can they get to having a few players in those next few spots? Or is it just Simmons and Harris and Curry and, you know, who, who whomever else over there? Tonight was a night where they had guys in those spots. Uh, you know, Bertans was, you know, the best we've seen out of him in the first half. You mentioned Lopez. And then for Rui Hachimura, I mean, um, I mean, to me, going into this series, it, it, I wasn't thinking that they would win the series. So to me, it was like, how much can they do to make me think that there's something that he really work here for next year beyond Beal and Westbrook? And this is the first game where Hachimura showed you um, 
that it's conceivable that there's a path for him to become a legitimate, you know, guy you have to worry about if you're the other team. Um, I, you know, we talk about all the time, like, how do we define good players? We come up with these statistics and we talk and we make these comparisons and we come up with all these kind of big ways, right? Big think pieces. Well, ultimately, this all comes down to two things, heights and consistency. Heights meaning like how good can you actually be? Like whoever you think is the best player in the league or the best player of all time, like other people have touched that space as the, as that person has. And we, we see locally guys like, you know, you know, Gilbert Arenas, Andre Black, even Nick Young, guys who for at various levels were really good. I mean, Gilbert Arenas was tremendous. Those guys had like, you know, a moment or two. But it's like for a you can you do it more than a game, a half, a month, six months, a season, three seasons, ten seasons, like how much can you do? So he at this point he has shown us now that he can actually be pretty good. The question is, can he do it consistently? That's what we haven't seen yet. And that's gonna ultimately determine what he can be, because we've now seen he can be pretty pretty damn good. But can he do it every night? And that and that's gonna be the next step for him next uh, next year. Yeah, I thought Bradley Beal, and so I asked Bradley Beal and Robin Lopez after the game. I mean, Rui clearly played. Look, he had his first career tech tonight when he just screamed in Tobias Harris, which was a very, I mean, he had a great dunk, and then he screamed in Tobias Harris's face and got called for a tech. And it was it was a very out-of-character Rui moment. He is not an aggressive person by any means. He's, he's a very kind of quiet, reserved, introverted, standoff guy. And to see him do that in the midst of him playing a more physical brand, which every so often he'll do, um, I, I wanted to ask those guys, when Rui gets in those moods, like what spurs him to be in those moods? And, and Beal said, started off by saying that's something you'd have to ask him, and then said, but I think it's when he's playing defense, it all, it all kind of snowballs from there. And I asked the same question to Robin Lopez. I thought it was interesting because Robin Lopez said the exact same thing. He said he thinks it all starts with his defense. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at the way Rui performed tonight defensively, I didn't think he was infallible by any means, but I thought he was unquestionably more physical, uh, especially in the second half. You know, off the bat, guys were still getting to the rim off of him. Simmons was still pushing him around. You know, you watch the first six minutes of that game, and – the Sixers are getting to the rim with ease the whole time. And that was what basically what we saw from, you know, in the first, what, three games of the series. Those guys, Simmons, Harris, obviously Embiid, those guys were just pushing their way to the rim whenever they wanted. And and Rui had gone for a legitimate amount of time on both Simmons and Harris, and they were both kind of having their way with him when they had the ball. I thought in the second half especially – just when he came out in the third quarter, it was just a different energy from him. Uh, I thought he was much better on the boards. He grabbed some really nice rebounds. Uh, I just he he clearly was much better. And by the way, his jump shot has been better lately. It's a small sample size. It might be just a hot streak. It might mean something. I don't know, but I'm monitoring it because the jump shot has been better lately. And tonight he's three for six from three, and he hasn't been getting a lot of attempts. Uh, that's in part, I think, on his kind of lack of initiation. And also, I would, I, you could sway me that the majority of it is because Beal and Westbrook have not been facilitating for him well enough. Um, but it's, uh, 
that is something to monitor because the jump shot has been better. I think if you go back and you look at his jumpers from last year, his threes from last year, the shot has more arc on it. I think he looks smoother. I think he looks more confident. He took six threes tonight. You know, he, he when he was open, he was not passing them up. And when the Sixers help off of him, that's what he's got to do. He's got to put them up. He had the big three to put him up six with under a minute to go, which was the biggest shot of the game. Uh, I just, I think, I just thought he played a really impressive game all around tonight. Um, so, um, yeah, this, that was, um, uh, you know, just, just to broaden it out, I'll just say that was, uh, that, that was an enjoyable, um, enjoyable watch. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I guess we'll just see what happens next. And this goes back to the sort of same thing about the consistency. Like, you know, can they do it again? By the way, like on the Philly side, I mean, I don't know if you have, do we have any sense what Embiid's deal is? No, not really. So they don't know. Cause I mean, I was, you know, I mean, when they said he was going to be out, I was like, all right, well, they probably think <laughs> they could win anyway. So they'll just rest him and see what happens, but we don't know for sure. I guess if it's if it's more uh, more interesting than that, because um, you know ben, ben Simmons was a little better in the fourth, but he was a kind of a non factor most of the game. And um, yeah, and you- I mean it's right knee soreness with Embiid, and like I don't know if you're Philly, even with a three one lead, even coming off the loss, like you're still up three one. I, I don't know with Embiid's injury history, right knee soreness for a big man who is. Obviously, by far your most important and best player. I just you don't mess around with that. I don't think, um, but you know we'll see. Obviously, we don't know the severity of it. So, right. I, I mean, obviously, taking him off the court is a massive difference. Now, Philly still has really good players, but this is where like, like if he's out, you know, if you're Beal and Westbrook, I mean, <laughs> like somebody has Brooks post game when when Embiid went out. You know, sort of, I don't know the exact phrasing, but somebody to the effect of, like, what did that do for you guys? And his response was this coach speak of, like, we don't worry about what's going on over there. Well, obviously, you have to notice that Joel Embiid is not playing, and that should give you a little more pep in your step, even if it just means attacking the lane more. And, you know, they're going to have to be, you know, whether he's out there or not, they got to be aggressive. But, like, this is that type of, like, it, it, like, this is the type of thing to, if you have some killer instinct, fine, Philly has more talent. But if you if it's the opportunity is there, you know, do you take advantage of it? And I do think Beal and Westbrook, the way they've played for most of the year, the answer is yes. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens if, if Embiid cannot go. What did you think of them hacking Simmons down the stretch? Uh, I actually I, I can't stand it when it's over the course of like a game or, a, or the whole quarter. I think I thought it was brilliant. I tweeted at it earlier in the game. I remember was it well not not last season, but I guess two years ago. I'm not sure if you were there. I'm sure you probably were. In Philly, there was a game where Brooks was hacking Simmons like pretty regularly during the game. Um, yeah, 20, 24 free throws in the fourth or something, right? Something insane, yeah. And, you know, that's a bit extreme. But, like, I to me, yeah, you got to do – especially, you know, as you the other day you said it was a kitchen sink game, game three. Well, you know, I don't know if this is what I don't know what you, what the term is for this one, but you might as well go for it. So I, that's I, that's what's bigger than a kitchen sink, a bathtub. <laughs> that's that's one of those uh, giant jacuzzis that you get for your backyard. Just those a, above ground jacuzzis. How about a trough? It's an Olympic pool, is what it is. <laughs> so right. It's the Atlantic Ocean. That's what it is. Three zero. Um. So um. So yeah. So I mean, and the other thing is like when you do it. Too long. I think even the guys who are terrible can get into a rhythm, 
And, you know, and so I also think doing it at that point doesn't allow the player to really kind of get into a rhythm of the game. It's going to be tight. You're already going to be nervous a little bit. So, you know, and it worked out largely, right? He basically shot 50% from the line. Uh, yeah. When they hacked him, he ended up three for six on hack free throws. Right. I mean, he was 0 for 9, I think, going into the game. So it's it's an improvement. <laughs> yeah, an improvement. Yeah, I mean, my my only issue with the hacking, and, and it worked out. It worked out. Uh, in the moment, my only concern with the hacking was was less that I disliked it as a way to limit the 76ers offense. Um, I, I, I just thought that the Wizards' only chance to score well was going to be if they got out in transition. Right. And and the the problem is, let's say Simmons shoots 50% on hack free throws, which is basically all you can realistically hope for. And it's what happened. Well, a really good half-court offense scores a, a hint, like a league-leading half-court offense, scores around one point per possession in the half-court. The Wizards were going ISO after ISO, horribly ineffectively against a defense that even without Embiid is still really good. They were going to score. Now, now, look, this is on a really small sample. So you get one bucket and it changes everything. Uh, but but they were, if you hack a million times in that situation in a million different universes, they're probably going to score with the way that they were playing. That kind of hero ball style and, and with all the Beal turnovers and the Westbrook misses. And, and just running everything through those two guys with the way they were playing. Even if those guys start to play better, like you're probably scoring less than one point per 100 because you're guaranteeing on free throws, basically, that you are going to be running your half-court offense. So that, that to me, is the greater concern with, with the hacking Simmons. It's not actually him shooting free throws. It's guaranteeing you're going into your half-court offense. I think one thing that you can do in that scenario is you can you – can, and, and and it's it's a way so like that's a game that can go into overtime if you're fouling with like Neto and and Westbrook and that's who you're hacking with you know you're racking up fouls on those guys which can you know if you go into overtime or maybe even late in the game you know Westbrook ends up with five fouls Rui ends up with four Beal ends up with four uh, Neto ends up with four as well you know you late in a game that could really come back to screw you uh, you know, if one of those guys ends up fouling out or, or if you go into overtime. So another thing you could do is you could put in an all offense guy who's a designated fouler. Now, I, I understand why Brooks didn't want to do that, um, because basically the only option who would really fit that description when Bertans is hurt is is maybe Garrison Matthews, who's really cold and hasn't played in a meaningful minute this entire series. So I understand why you wouldn't go that route. You, I guess, could have gone Lopez, but there's a great argument to be made that Gafford is better offensively because of his vertical spacing so and his offensive rebounding. So, so um, you know, that's another thing to watch, though, for the future. If they if they hack Simmons, he, he could throw out a funky all-offense lineup, maybe if Bertans is healthy or something like that, because you don't have to worry about the defense because – they're shooting free throws every time on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, doing it with only the inside that you know that last minute before the two minute uh, time where you can't do it under that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it limits, I guess, sort of the amount of fouls you can rack up and the rhythm, all that. But yeah, whatever. It was, it was interesting. I mean, 
you know, if you're Philly, you know, Ben Simmons, right? All that talk forever about Embiid or Simmons, but who do you pick and all that? Like, if Embiid is out, this is a chance for Simmons to, you know, step up. This is literally that type of uh, this that type of moment. And I've said before, like when when John Wall hurt his hand in that playoff series. Um, oh man, I'm terrible. I want to say the Hawks, right? I can't remember anything. Yeah, um, Hawks. And Bradley Beal in you fifteen know, at that point was not the dribbling savant we see now. Much more, much less confident with his with his handle. But they put him in that position to really dribble a lot he was still young and he really stepped up i thought that it was to me the like really a, a sign of more than just the guy can shoot that there's something else going on here um and so yeah it's interesting to see for for simmons i mean he's been around longer and more established but you know these are the moments if, if Embiid, really, well whether Embiid's at or not but especially if he is to really hey i can do this you know i can be the lead guy who, who wins you know wins a big game here Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, and we've seen Simmons do that in the past too. I mean, he's he's not as good as NBA, but he's a great player. I had him all NBA last year. I I, I vividly remember uh, when would it have been? I guess it would have been the seventeen eighteen season. Embiid uh, gets hurt with about a month to go in the season, and uh, Philly was sitting at I want to say thirty six and thirty, and then they won like what was it? They won like yeah, they went on a ginormous winning streak and got to fifty wins. By the end of the year, and Simmons was just outrageous in that winning streak. So, and that was their first year after the process. That was their first year following it. So, um, you know, that was a big moment for that organization. And this is a big moment for this organization. And they're up 3 1. They're going to be fine. No one's ever blown a 3 0 lead. It's one loss. The Wizards were very far from perfect, uh, but you're right. I mean, it's a good opportunity for for Simmons to step up and and show the All NBA player that I believe that he is. I didn't vote for him this year. Uh, there were too many good guards, but I voted for him last year, and I think I voted for him two years ago. Um, he's a great player, and he's he's capable of taking over. As is Tobias Harris, by the way, as we've seen at other moments in this series. So they're hardly a slouch without Embiid, even if they're not nearly as threatening because that dude is just completely I mean he's unfreaking believable. Um yeah, I I know we have to go in a minute so I have a quick uh story that has nothing to do with any of this. Uh I didn't go to game 4 but I was at game 3. Uh they had they had I guess for most the media has been moved around in different sections throughout the season. Uh, the 200 levels kind of where some people are but they moved some people down to the 100 level last game because the um you know, they had more people, and Fred was down further down there. Anyway, I, I say all this because at the last game, I was, like, uh, 
watching Zooms on my phone. A friend of mine who was at the game came up, and we're standing in the hall. We're kind of just waiting to determine where we were going to go out after this. And we're waiting for this to happen. So, but Beal's talking. All of a sudden, like these three teenagers and some other guy come up the the space where we were. We're kind of like, why are there's, there's no fans where we are? I'm like, well, this is weird. So whatever, I didn't think too much. But you know, it's weird seeing people that you don't you know you're not sure why they're there in this day and age. So anyway, they're hanging out. They're looking around. They, they kind of had the vibe of like we're trying to get a, an autograph from a player or something. And I was like, I, it was weird. What they were they were like, really looking hard. And finally, one of them goes to the other one. Seriously, do you guys see Fred or not? <laughs> and I was like, what? And and I kind of looked at my friend, and he's like, he's like, seriously, he's like, I don't see him up. I don't know where he is. And, uh, and I was like, wow, Fred has groupies. That was that was actually my mother. Uh, well, then we have to have a conversation about your uh, your, your world there. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was quite. That was quite remarkable. I, uh, I, I didn't say anything because one, you know, I'm not talking to strangers at this point in my life, and two, you know, I was embarrassed if I see they, they might not know who I was. So I was like, I better not say anything. Um, but yeah, look at that. I think they were just trying to get to you through me. I, well, I mean, I was literally standing right there. Come on. <laughs> um, well, what can I say, man? I, I have. Uh, I'm all the way up to. 14 listeners on this podcast well i mean it's a big deal i saw four of them then so that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's it's just a whole it's one family that listens and then my mom listens just so she can give one star reviews and that's it <laughs> one star reviews damn <laughs> boy i i that, that sounds like some of the parenting going on in the mayor of East Town, which I'm going to mention again because that's pretty good um everyone says that show is great do i have to watch this uh, I enjoyed it. Well, you know, wait, you, you look at some point, it could be by Wednesday. It could be a few days after that. Maybe it's in six weeks. Who the hell knows? At some point, your season will end and you'll have plenty of time to binge watch shows. And sure, I would say go ahead and do that one. Yeah. You know, I just haven't really binge watched the, the only show that I've really I feel like this is the age of binge watching and the only show I've really binge watched in <laughs> over COVID is Ted Lasso. And that's it, which was fantastic, by the way. I, I, it's the only one I haven't seen, more or less, because I don't have Apple TV. And I'm like, I already have too many subscriptions. So I, 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 I may have to break it's down. because you don't have an iPhone. People need to know that Ben gets left off of every beat writer text chat because he doesn't have an iPhone. And we don't want to deal with your Android texting. Yeah, basically the I uh, this is uh, look if, and we actively don't respond to your texts when you group text us. We're just trying to pressure you to get an iPhone. Yeah, well that's not happening. No, the the iPhone people are in a cult in ways that they don't even understand. It's really remarkable to see. There's no this is going to be a a topic a, a po- uh, for some podcast I'm on at some point. All right, what uh you got any other observations from this game? Uh, well, I guess the last thing, I don't think we, we, we didn't discuss this, and this is not so much on the game, but obviously there was another, you know, uh, the fan. We, we didn't talk about this, right? Brooks's reaction? No. Um, no. I mean, that was that was a five-minute response. So a fan, a fan ran on the floor. When was it? The third quarter? A fan ran on the floor and got perfectly form-tackled by a security guard, but, like, I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't see him come on. He, like, ran on from center court and then ran the other way to the empty side of the court, which is fortunate for all the players that he didn't run at a player, and got, got, you know, 
what's a what's a Washington football team reference? Got a got got a well, like Ron, Lavar Arrington. Well, Ron wrecked. Rivera was in the crowd tonight, so everybody was making the oh, this guy just got a ten day uh, got a, got a contract from the football team. <laughs> um, that was a perfect form tackle. By oh, it was. Oh no, guard, legitimately, I, I I wouldn't be upset if they did give the guy uh, a, a tryout, <laughs> but um, but, but what an asshole! My God. But uh, but but then so Scott Brooks gets asked about, asked about a post game by uh, I think it was by David Aldridge, and I've never heard in the five years of covering Scott Brooks here, I've never heard him more like passionate and animated about anything. He just went off for like he talked forever, like Fred said, like five minutes. You know, called called those kinds of acts barbaric. Did note that like it's the one person here and there. It's not the lot, so don't uh, you know. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater if that's the right if that's the right type of thing. I don't know uh, to say, but uh, yeah, he was really animated. It was really interesting to see because I just you don't see that out of him kind of ever. Yeah, and he he made it very clear. He said twelve times the fans in Philly are great, the fans in DC are great, the fans in Utah are great, the fans in Boston are great, and so on. And Scott played for a million teams, so he played for all those organizations too. And uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. People keep saying that we have a fan problem. I don't know. It's not a fan problem. It's it's a it's a people problem. It's a human being problem where I don't know. This is part of a larger discussion about respect and decency and just conducting yourself properly in public, which I think we see in so many different forums of life now, not just basketball and not just sports that people are not doing. And uh, this is translating to it. And I don't know if it's because people have been locked away for 15 months or what. But, I mean, it's, I don't know. Maybe they should stop serving alcoholic games. I mean, that's, that's, I, I, we talked about this on, you know, I do the athletic NBA show every Tuesday for tampering. And we talked about this on, on the Tuesday morning episode that'll release in the morning. And I didn't say this in the episode because I hadn't thought of it, but I said the only way you could really police it, I mean, I guess you could put more security. You could do what they do in hockey where you put up you know, glass or something like that, which is not there to deter the fans. It's really there because you have to check people into the glass, but you could do it, uh, which would be a depressing reality um, and would be expensive, and I don't expect them to do it. You could move fans away from the court and not give them access and just put up a little wall or fence or something. You could stop serving alcoholic games, too. I mean, that's a thing that you can do, which they're not going to do because they make a lot of money from serving alcoholic games. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's absurd how many fan troubles there have been in the last week. And this one was the worst because this is the one that could have led to throwing a water bottle at Kyrie is not cool. Um. This is the one that could have led to the worst outcome if this person had seriously bad intentions, as opposed to just being a probably drunk asshole, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, it, I, you know, I don't really know what else to say at this point other than, you know, <laughs> stop, stop doing this. Uh, it's, it's, we don't, we, you know unnecessary and all that uh i will just say at the same time like there was a heckler uh a streaker the other day at nats park and uh 
people thought that was enjoyable. Uh, and I know it's not the same thing because you're not like directly throwing popcorn or doing something to the player, but like it's all just you know, <laughs> it's you know, don't just just you know, just go, go buy the ticket, watch the game, be happy we're all outside. Really, I, I honestly, what else do we need to be uh, thinking about right now? Yeah, I think it's scarier in basketball too because it's an enclosed space. You only got ninety three feet there. You know, baseball. He, he at the Nats game. He did it during a rain. Well, yeah. So I mean, there's no, there's nobody, there's nobody even on on the field. But I mean, it's just saying it's the you know, it's, you, you have your space, they have their space. So just keep it like that. Yes, not excusable either way. And uh, does this apply? I don't know. Does this apply to fans coming up to the 200 level looking for Fred too, or no? <laughs> no, you can say hi to me at games if you would like to. I will always say hi back. Really? You didn't say hi. I'm going to remember that next time I say hi to you and I get blown off. All right. (laughs) Uh, What do you got to? Oh, Ben, you wrote about the Wizards. Oh, yes. You wrote a story about the Wizards. Plug it. Whenever I say you got anything to plug, you're like, ah, the podcast, Standard Room Only. And, and, uh, you know, I wrote a story about the football team, but you wrote about the Wizards. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how this story flies in my face um, now that they won. But basically, as we you know, the idea of the, the, the Wizards and the football team basically had identical seasons, terrible starts. Everybody's talking about the draft. And uh, instead, they both have these crazy rallies, make the playoffs. But the question is to what, you know, what was the price paid long term for the short term gain in the case of the Wizards? Yeah, obviously, you know, whatever happens, they're not in the lottery. And this is a team that needs that type of talent, not that you can't get later, but you know, what cost, you know, was it worth it ultimately for the benefits you get out of this play out of this playoff push versus not having a shot at a top uh top player. So, uh and so yeah, it was uh I'll I'll leave it at that. And that's still worth reading even though they won. I mean, look, they're it's still three one in this series against the one seed. It would be the first so time in history of the of the league if a team came back to win. So exactly, it's still it's still worth reading. And uh, look, the the takeaway from tonight is the Wizards did something positive. The role players did something positive, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, that was a, that was a good moment for Rui Hachimura. If you're somebody who's high on Rui Hachimura. And there are people who are, and you're somebody who thinks Rui can can be not just like a nice player, but a, a really good player. This is this is your game. You can reference. You have your moment. Young players need to go through their postseason struggles, and they need to have their postseason. Uh, what's what's the word? They need to overcome them in a, in a postseason moment, and and those can be really good learning moments. Thought tonight was a really good breakthrough moment for him. It doesn't mean he's going to be great in game five. It doesn't mean all of a sudden he's hit a new level and that's where he's at. But I thought it was the Wizards should be excited that they saw him do something like this. And even though it was 3-0, even though Embiid was hurt, even though maybe maybe the Sixers felt more relaxed being up 3-0, even given those circumstances, it's still a playoff game. The Wizards needed to win. He could have rolled over. Very clearly did not. And he played I, I don't know if it was the best, but certainly, especially given the circumstances, one one of the best games of his pro career. So I think you can rightfully be excited about that, even though it's still 3-1 if you're a Wizards fan. Um, subscribe to The Athletic, and you can read Ben's Wizards story. I was so excited you wrote a Wizards story. 
And it was, it was something that, that you are uniquely qualified to write about too. Uh, so check that out. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. You can subscribe for $3.99 a month. And that's not just going to get you Ben's coverage. That's going to get you my coverage. It's going to get you David Aldridge's coverage. And David's now writing on the Wizards after basically every playoff game that they play. And, and you can check that out. Uh, and it's going to get you coverage for from the entire site. Everything we write, full access to the site. It's going to get you everything NBA, everything MLB, and everything NFL. Again, that's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark gets you a full subscription to The Athletic for $3.99 a month. It also gets you this podcast along with all of our other podcasts ad free so you don't have to hear me doing ads anymore. Again, that's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. If you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can, If you really want to help out, you can go on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can leave a review. The written reviews are always super helpful. Uh, ben, we're we're back for another. If you thought you were you were getting the night off on Wednesday, you no longer are because the Wizards are playing Game Five on Wednesday night, and I'll be back with another post game show. And uh, Ben, are you joining me on that one, or do I got to find somebody else? Well, Wednesday I'll be out at um, uh, in Ashburn for uh, the next day, next uh, OTA session. The media can attend. So yeah, I'll be. Excited to talk about that. Oh, end game four, end game five. <laughs> there we go. We can talk about OTAs. The most exciting thing to talk about in football. Football media schedule is ridiculous. Where it's like people are like, ah, hey, Cade, Cade McNown looked great in OTAs. He threw, he completed 10 of his 15 passes. Oh. So exciting. I, look, I, These I, are my football references. No, K, uh, K, uh, Cade McNown was a week one fantasy football starter for me. He got like a feel like 31 points and like four touchdown passes or something. And I think the rest of his career, he didn't throw four touchdown passes. That was my, one of my best moves of all time. I am. Uh, yeah, that's where my, my, my football knowledge is in a time capsule. And I had to bust out one Cade McNown before we left. Uh, that is going to be it for today uh back with the new episode on wednesday night following game five i guess it'll probably be out for thursday morning i'll talk to you guys then As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 